Hallelujah, 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 all the mercies of God. It's something to be able to really hear and see the word of God. It's tangible. The word of God is tangible. You can feel it. You can see it. He he holds you. The word holds you. The word hugs you. The word embraces you. He's your comforter. If he was praying for me this morning. You know, we we have to really cover each other wholeheartedly not saying that I yeah I'm, I'm gonna pray for you I'm praying but wholeheartedly cover each other and when she prayed for me You can tell by a person's prayer life where they are with God. I just pray that I, I'm able to see God's dynamic power be manifested in her body and those in her family. All that she put her hands to, that it works. Anywhere that she tread her feet, she claim it as the kingdom of God. Elevation comes in prayer. If you're outside of prayer, you're waiting on God to do something that's not gonna happen. Until you learn to pray with a pure heart. Don't expect to receive anything from God. If you're waiting and you've been waiting a long time, it's because the lack of purity in prayer. See, when she got her heart right, then God said, now you've opened it the doorway for your prayers to be answered. Because the first prayer that had to be answered was that you have a pure heart. When she prayed for me, Pastor, she was praying for everyone. <laughs> but normally you think Throughout the prayer that you hear God. Gigi, but it was at the very end. Star, it was when she said, Amen. She said, Amen. I need us to hear God. 
See, we're waiting on another principle, another revelation. But God has me in a season where he says to me, I just want to talk to them. They already know my precepts. They know my statutes. They know what pleases me. I just want to talk to them. I have a message for you to give to them. He says, Pastor, I have a message. I just want to talk to my people. No principles. Nothing about laws. You know my law. I just want to talk to my people. I love you. He said, I just want to talk to you. I want you to hear me for the first time as a father. And not so not a commanding king, but a father. I want you just to hear me. I want you to hear me as a father. I just want to talk to you, God. You've been hearing everything about what you're supposed to do. He said, you know what you're supposed to do. But I just want to talk to you as Diane, my daughter. He says, I have something to say with you. It's not precepts. It's not laws. It's not what I command. Just my love. I just want to talk to my daughter. I just want to ensure that your faith stays intact. I just want to make sure I keep all that's mine. I just want to make sure when I return that those that are mine, I keep them. I just want to make sure when I return because I'm coming again and you are with me young and old children men women I just want to make sure those that are mine that you're kept that's the message he said that's my message today I want to make sure when I return that you come with me it's not about me you know how naturally to get things. You don't need me for that. But what you do need is a shepherd that can lead you into all truth and protect you from the deceivers and the false teachers and the false prophets. He said, that's why I said, I've given you pastor, shepherd, after my own heart to feed you the true gospel. Because when I return, I want to take those who are mine. I want to make sure that you kept. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's coming again. And he's coming only for those who are his. He want to make sure that you've received the truth and you weigh what's of God and what's not of God. He said, I want to make sure that you know how to weigh what is a lie and what is the truth. Because of coming again, 
salvation for the believers, for you to actually really go out into the world and have gather up God's people. This is your most highest mandate is that you reconcile the world back to me. But I need a a willing vessel bold in the spirit to speak my word in season out of season speak the truth the word of God no more competitions in the church no more seeking to be a friend of the world collides hallelujah when history and prophecy collides I've been studying and asking God what's going on what's going on with the church I know what's going on with the world but what's going on with the church I teach what do I say to your people I said I'm lost for words I said many of them their hearts are hardened and they are in self will many have went astray and they're going their own way Many has lost his zeal for your word and love and passion for your word. How am I to speak to this type of people? Their heart is for the world, but they call on your name. How? Am I to speak to this type of people? They kneel and pray. And they say that you're the true and living God. But when they rise up on their feet and they go about their life and trials and tribulations that they face, causes them to forget your authority and power that you 
have in your word? How can I speak? And what will I say to this type of people that are called by your name? This is the teacher's struggle. How do I minister to a people that holds on to the world and all what the world has to offer? And they say that you are their all in all. such an awesome God. He didn't leave me in a place of not knowing. Because I'm searching for principle. And he said, they already know my laws. They know my word. I just have a message, a conversation that I want you to have with on my behalf. So the Father has a conversation he wants to have with you. It's about his true church. God said that he will build. He said, I will build my church. God said he would build his church. In the book of Matthew, he said, I will. So in the first century, he built his church. And what has happened throughout the ages is men, men have come in and built their own church. They built their own doctrine. They built their own beliefs. They brought in the world. They brought in their idols in the church. They brought in, so they brought in statues of St. Peter, but then it had behind them the sunburst. Things of the world, so that they could embrace the world. Still not trying to live truly by the word of God. I like that, Adam. Can you go a little more? Thank you. So what we have here is that God's church can't seem to be found. Where is Christ's church? Where is it? 
What does Christ's church look like? Would you know it if you found it? Christ's church, first of, all, first of all, would be small. I'm going to give you that in scripture. Now I'm getting get a little ahead of myself. Oh, my Lord, let's see. Let's, should I go find that first? Wow. In Luke 12, 32, I'm just giving you back up for that scripture. He says, fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. This is history being prophesied. God knew when he built his church, it would be small. Small, first of all, because it would be persecuted. Christ's church would be small, not just because they had the truth, but because they would be persecuted. They would have their true doctrine and actually live it. They would practice the word of God. And they'll be in full agreement with God. Word of God says, how can two walk together except they agree? So what does that mean? How can two walk together except you respond to the word of God as truth. How can two live together except I'll be in total agreement with his word? Meaning not only in agreement in words, but in action how I live and my response to the word of God. Little flock. It all really started with Apostle Paul after Christ said he would build his church. I really want to give you uh, insight also when he said that when Peter got a revelation who Christ was, he said, upon this revelation, I will build my church. And he called Peter the rock. Petra. But he was just a part of the rock because we know Christ is the solid rock. He is the everlasting rock. He said, upon this, I will build my church. See, what happens is that the church of the world have mixed the true doctrine with the world doctrine and dogma and in doing so
the true foundation and that understanding that when the scripture is, is taught, let me give you this. He says that the gates of hell, the church that he built, the gates of hell should not prevail. The question is, what is the gate? And what is this rock? The word gate simply means authority. It was compared to a city. It was authority and strength. Christ is that rock. And what he was saying, the gates of hell was not the actual place of hell, but we're talking death. He said, death will not prevail Christ from being resurrected. I want you to understand that when you read the word of God, that you should know the absolute truth. What is God saying here? Not dogma, not the world belief, not what you believe, not your opinion, but the word of God. So what has been your greatest concern throughout these years? What has been your greatest concern throughout your journey of life? Question for you. As a believer in your state of mind now, what has been your greatest concern? Is it that am I a, really a part of the body of Christ? Am I fulfilling the biblical definition of a Christian? Adam, you can join us. These should be, or should be your most important concern. Am I fulfilling the biblical definition of a Christian? Am I really part of the true church? We're going to find that out today. Are we really a part of? We're not talking about the building. We're talking about the body. Are you part of the true church? And why would there have to be a remnant? Why is there a remnant? Why is there a remnant? Because the body of Christ, he said, is a small, is a little flock, is a small gathering. It's not a mass of people. He let you know, it's, it won't be in the masses that you'll find me. Because in the masses, there are a mixture of doctrine. This is why there is a mass of people. He said, you won't find me because there'll be no correction. There'll be no accountability. This is why they go to the masses. I don't have to respond into how I'm living. He said, you won't find me there. you find false teachers and false prophets. You won't find the truth. So Apostle Paul was on his journey of ministry, and he sought out for those Christians to come to Ephesus. And it was 
basically about 50 miles to travel where he was at. They traveled on foot. And he called the leaders, the spiritual leaders, and they mentioned elders. Elders was simply a spiritual leader. He called them to come to where he was because he wanted to ensure that they were teaching the truth. Paul was bringing a message. And the message that he was bringing was the history. So this is where you're going to see history and prophecy collide. You're going to see in the book of Daniel where it was already prophesied what Paul said. So let's go there. Let's go to... Let's go to Acts 20, verse 27 through 30, King James Version. Amen. How I did not shrink from telling you anything that was for your benefit and teaching you in public meetings and from house to house. But constantly and earnestly. Hold on, Al. Are you reading King James? Oh, no, I have it. Okay. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. It's talking to the leaders to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall man arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Persecution is coming, and your faith must be solid. For a superficial faith will not get you through these times. That last part was just me talking. Okay? It says, for I am not shunned to declare to you the entire canon of truth. So the question is, why are there so many de different denominations and so many people believe that they have the truth? There can only be one truth. So the question is, Pastor, then why is there so many? And God knew that this was going to happen. This is why throughout the century, through the first century to where it was established, to where he built his church, this was an example. It was going to be small, they were going to be persecuted, and they, up, they uphold every canon of scripture. They lived the word of God. They lived and breathed the word of God. They was always excited to hear the word of God. They was never too tired. They was never too lazy to hear the word of God. When they would begin to read the word of God. That's why I love when, I love when everyone reads the word. But something about when Whitney and Al read the word of God, I, you can just tell that people just love the word. Just give me an opportunity just to read the word of God. It's just more prominent on other people. I'm, just not, I'm not saying the rest of you don't love the word of God. But I'm saying it shows so strongly 
on those when they read the word of God. And this is how his people were. They held on to the canon of scripture and they lived it. Amen. He said, I brought you all the truth. See, now we have all these different denominations and they have various parts. They have various parts So this is where you get Baptist from because of the doctrine of men, how they were baptized. But then that's where you get, then you have the, the apostolic, and then you, then you have the Methodist, and then you have the seven-day Adventist, because now it's the Sabbath day. It has to be on Saturday, but that's not true, because God now has become the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. So you have all these different divisions of organization, because it's not the word. Different divisions of organization and still not operating in Christ's true church. He says, man has mixed and mingled together things of the world. This is why they have their own holidays, so don't take their Christmas away from them. And Easter, he said, they brought in all these pagan holidays, mixed it, Mix this with the word of God, man-made church. Not living the word of God. He said, but I have given you the whole counsel of the gospel. Exactly, Pastor. Idols, things of the world. There was a, uh, there was a silversmith. Um, can't think of his name at this time. Um, Anyway, there was a silversmith, and he was building, he started to build various idols, and he was selling them. And the people of God started to buy them and put them in the house of God and begin to worship them. Mm -hmm. He says, but I have not brought you the word in part. I'm giving the whole counsel. So he says, take heed, spiritual leaders, pastors, the fivefold, he said, Take heed to this, that you feed my flock. And when he said feed my flock, he said lead my flock. Lead them and teach them how to live righteous. Guide them into what is a holy lifestyle. He said feed my flock. And pastor also said protect my flock. Shepherd Protect my flock, lead them and guide them to a holy life because you're going to be accountable as a shepherd, a spiritual leader. Not whether you actually live out the word, but I gave you the word of God. And I tried to protect you, he said, from false teachers. He said they're going to come in like, they're like, going to come in like greatness wolves. They're going to come in false, falsity mixed with the truth. He said, and you're not going to know it because of the mixture of truth. Same thing with Adam and Eve. Eating for, he said, this is when the first church was established, Adam and Eve. This was my first church, and I told them not to eat from the tree of good and evil. Don't eat from the tree, listen to me, of good. It had good knowledge. 
and it had perverted knowledge. It had good knowledge. It had good knowledge, but then it twisted the knowledge. So he said, don't eat from that tree. Don't eat from a shepherd that's giving you something of the world and then giving you the word. He said, don't eat from that tree. He said, I created my own church. He said, I have built it, and Holy Spirit will cause it to grow. No man grows a church except Holy Spirit brings the increase. He said, it's not in numbers. He said, I grow my church. He said, I grow my church. He said, Pastor, because I made you overseers over the flock. He said, make sure that you protect them. Give them the truth. He said, Paul said, for I know this, that after my departure, he said, I know this, after I die, he didn't say after I leave you right now, no. He said, after I die. So he is seeing in the future, after I died, the foundation of truth of God's church that he built, these false teachers and false prophets, they're going to come in like wolves. And they're going to they're cause you to deviate from my foundation of the truth. I want to give you just a little insight. Oh, just so much. He said they're going to rise up. And they're going to start speaking perverted things to draw you away, my disciples. In Revelation, it talks about the four horsemen. God gave me a different insight on the four horsemen. When it comes to the enemy, how he's come in and tried to, try to divert you away from God's presence. First horse, white, purity. The word of God, purity. So when he built his church, it was pure. Then we have the second horse. Second horse, uh, the red horse. Red horse being war. Now, what the enemy wants to do is war, persecution. So a lot of persecution in the church. People were, they were being beheaded. They're being crucified, burned to death, and still are. That's the church of Christ. He said, so the enemy thought that he could get them away from living a pure life if he persecute them. We're talking about real persecution having to die for their faith, are they willing to die for their faith? And they were. Some were. So then we have the, the pale horse. This is the green. Pale green horse. So now what we have here is the enemy now wants to come in and bring a spiritual Perversion, spiritual death in the church. Spiritual death in the church. So now, when you hear the word of God, 
you're dead and numb to what's pure. You respond to things of the world with more excitement because the enemy have now through your trials and tribulations and not even the, the persecution that, that God's talking about, that you now are dead to the things of God. So it takes now to say, God is good. Oh, clap your hands. And oh, yeah, he is good. So three hours through service, we finally get he's good, but then it's time to go. We're dead, spiritually dead to the things of God. Of course, then we have the black horse. That is the horse of death. So the enemy is working different ways in trying to get you away from God's church. God, can you really believe that God has built his own church? Because we've really been involved in men's church for a long time. Records show that there's over 2 billion professing Christians. The ones that stay home and say that they're Christians. The ones that go twice a year or four times out of the year that say that they're Christians. All types of different divisions of people say that they are Christians. And the number is, the number increases. However, at the end of the year, every year, anywhere from 7,000 to 8,000 Churches close each year, Pastor, throughout the nation. Closes. That means that the shepherd decides that he's no longer going to lead the flock. So what happened to the people of God? And this time we cannot operate in superficial faith. They're not going to get us through these times. So the question is, how do I find it? How do I know to look for it? And when I find it, do I really know that that's it? Have you really thought about being, am I really in God's church? Not, not, not as if this is the truth, am I in God's church? I'm a part of the few. God says that I'm not the author of confusion. So why is it so much confusion when it comes to his doctrine? The enemy is strongly in the midst of the word. We have to be careful that we're not in Satan's synagogue. He says, I'm not the author. And I'm, I'm going to show you again how men have mixed doctrine with the word of God, which is truth. Let's go here to 1 Corinthians 14, 33. It says, for God, who is the source of their prophecy, is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order as is the practice in all the churches of the saints, God's people. 
So what is he really saying? Because as you read down further, it really talks about the order of church and speaking and the women speaking in the church. You know, the scripture talks about the women should remain silent in church. Do you really know what it means? I need to hear you. I need to hear you. Okay. I'm going to give a little bit more insight. Because this is an example, again, of men doctrine mixing with the truth. What was going on at the time when Peter said that? Was that, and he was talking about, in particular, he was very precise in what he was saying. Because what was going on, Pastor, was a lot of prophesying with the women in church. They were prophesying, but not prophesying in truth. And he was talking about this is not of order. He says here, see, whenever a prophet loses control in a teaching situation, because this happened, see, chaos come in. He said then chaotic teaching results. And you can imagine how crazy you would be leaving out. Manic emotion that would actually throw pagan styles inside of the worship. So you have, you have people who are, and they were seers. They were seers, but then they start to contort their bodies. And that had no place in God's worship. Hysteria and frenzy, all this disgraced God's character. God is not about confusion or chaos. Peace is the opposite of that, and this is the nature of God, peace, order. He said they were seers in the church. But what, what got going with them is that they got in their own intentions, their flesh, and they started to be all contorted, throwing the body everywhere. And he said, this disgraces my character. This is why he said to the women, not about being silent, but when it came to prophecy. Let it be in order. Let it be in order. Because he wasn't seeing... We get it so mixed up when he's talking about one be silent in the church because when Paul left, he left Ephesus, he left Corinth, excuse me, he left Priscilla and Aquila in charge. He left them in charge. So it wasn't about, he couldn't say for them to be silent. Then he left them in charge when he left the church. He said, I, I need to make sure we maintain order. He said, all gifts are subject to be misused. And be careful that you don't misuse your gift. Anytime emotions take over a church service without intelligent distinction, it's chaos. means that the service is without order, which means it's without God. Amen. So let's identify the church that Christ established. 
And we did say it's Matthew 16, 18, where he says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The true church would never be destroyed, is what he said. The true church would never be destroyed. Pastor, he said, because I am the foundation of the true church. He says here, church, ecclesia, is considered to be, it means summons. Church means summon, to call out. God summoned you. He called you out for his own. And summon means this. Summons, it almost means, almost with, without reservation that you come. It's with great force that you come. I love Holy Spirit. With great force that you come. But just like in a court, in a court pastor, you summons to come to court. With great force you are to come. By law. He says, and you know that I've called you. And we've answered the call, most of us. He said, but you worship me in vain. Matthew 15, 9. He said, because you have will worship. You will, will, you will worship when you feel like it, when you will. <laughs> when you will yourself. <laughs> he said, for they again taught a doctrine of the precept of men. When it says here, you, you worship him in vain, means this. Your worship was idle. It was empty. Do you feel that you're at a place now in your life sometimes that when you begin to just try to praise God, just feel like it's just nothing? Sometimes it's just nothing. Your situations make your worship nothing. Somehow I just cannot get up out the chair to, or extend my hand because my situation has me worshiping it. See, it make your worship nothing. So you're trying to figure out where God is. He's trying to figure out where are you. Your worship is empty. And he's saying, you know it's empty. He's saying, your worship is without profit. It doesn't profit you. Your worship gets you nothing because it's empty. He said, and because it's mixed with men doctrine. The longer you are hearing men doctrine mixed with the truth, your worship is going to be empty. Mark 7, 9 says this. He said, you full well, you reject or set aside the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. In layman's term, he said, you know good and well that you're not going to obey God's word because you are keeping your own tradition. He said, you know good and well that you're not going to do what you want to do when you want to do it because you have kept the world tradition and ways.
He said, you are making a good job of rejecting my commandments. He said, you're denying and rejecting everything that I have given you through your beliefs of this world, tradition, and customs. He said, I have no honor with you. I have no honor with you. You can, you can actually decide whether you're going to bear and bring me an offering. I have no honor with you. You can actually decide whether you don't want to worship me. And I created you. I have no honor with you. The creator has no honor with his creation. Wow. God commands us to hold fast to which that is good. And 1 Thessalonians 5.21, he said, prove all things. Prove all things. Prove all the scripture that you're hearing. Prove it. Prove what you're hearing is the truth. He said, then hold fast to it. Because the ravenous wolves are coming. Hold fast to truth. So how do you see it? Again, it's small, persecuted. We are being, let you know that we are being persecuted. Certain things that we have on the website and what we really stand for, we have people coming against us. And it's just a lot deeper, I won't go into it, but because of what we are teaching, we are getting a lot of persecution, okay? So God's church is small, it's persecuted, it's not of this world. God's church is not of this world. So much to the point they're being hated for what they're saying. God's church is united with the Messiah. See, man's church, what their goal is, is to be reach the masses. There's a church that has a billion members. How do you, how do you feed accurately a billion members? How do they really grow? This church comes out of the world. This church is set apart, their belief, their practice, because they are God's belief and they're God's practice. God said, I come to you, and I say these things while I'm still in the world so that you may experience my joy. Listen to me, because I need you to understand this. This is why we don't have real joy. I'm going to explain to you the joy of the Lord. It says here, I'm going to give you the actual, I've got so much word. 
is in John uh, 17. I'm going to just go right to 13. It says, but now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I have given to them the, your word, the message you gave me, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world and do not belong to the world, just as I am not of this world and do not belong to it. So what is Christ or what was Christ's joy? He says, my joy is made full and complete. See, that means that he couldn't be moved by nothing. He said, my joy is made full and it's complete. See, that's why he's not waiting on a man or a woman or a thing or a car or a house because my joy has been made full and complete. See, see, that didn't hit y'all deep. That didn't hit you deep. It didn't hit you deep. Gigi, he said, my joy is the joy of my God. My joy is the joy of my Father. He said, my joy is because of what he's called me to do and that I'm going to return back to him. That's my joy. That's my joy is that me and the Father is going to reunite. That was the joy of the Lord. See, you don't have the joy of going back with God. Can't go back. He said, this is what made me complete. Well, he said, this is what made me complete. See, this is what I'm not looking for anything else. Tiffany said, I'm not looking for anything else to fulfill me. Mm. Because my joy has been made full and complete. See, whether husband get it right or not, my joy has been made full and complete. Whether my children get it right or not, my joy has been made full and complete. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, whether the ball's acting crazy or not, or things not looking right, my bank account not looking right, my joy has been made full and complete. So you're not moved by things, you're not moved by people, you're not moved by the situation because my joy is my return back to my creator and I've been made complete. Oh, I glorify God. The true church has been kept, he said, in my name. He said, these are the true spiritual believers. Acts 20, 28 says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Again, he says, feed my people. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. He says, sanctify and consecrate them by the anointing of the Spirit to their office and perfect them in holiness by all means of my word, Pastor. <laughs> He is speaking to the spiritual leaders. My shepherds, he says, he said, you sanctify my people. Set them apart, he says. He said, consecrate them. He said, and anoint them by the spirit to their office and perfect them in holiness. By the means, he says, of my word. See, 
by my word you will sanctify them. By my word, he said, you will consecrate them. By my word, you will perfect them in holiness. He said, by all means of my word, shepherd. He said, feed my flock. Feed them in truth. Glory to God. Hold fast to truth, Timothy says. God, church, has to teach the truth. The world, churches is divided by doctrine and practices. He said, you have to walk together with me, heart to heart and will to will. Except you agree with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my Lord, I thank you. Ha. Glory to God. He says, he said, how have men ended in this place of disagreement? How have my church ended into this place of disagreement on my church? How do you all disagree hearing my truth? He said, I have built my church, and I will increase it. He said, there is division. There is war. He said, there is competition. Where is the purity? Where is truth? He said, there can't be any compromising. He said, it's time for a spiritual awakening. No more spiritual death. No more superficial faith. Are we the end time church? Are we the end time church? There can't be any division be said among you. There cannot be passing any division among us. You have to be united with God. United with his will and his word. So, you have to be united. You have to come into full agreement with God. Eradicate all your sinful ways. And he said, now come in full agreement with me. So, teacher, so you can't sit in them chairs. I'm going to say it again. So you can't sit in those chairs and have something to get someone else That's in right. the other chair. That's right. You can't do it. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to come down. You can't harbor nothing in your heart. 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 You can't have enough in your heart and call yourself the church. You can't do it. You can't do it. So we need to check ourselves. Are we? We need to check ourselves. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow, I'm going to leave you God. with this. Woo. This is because God, this is his message, his final conclusion, and where we're talking about when history and prophecy collides. Whew. This is his message that he's asked me to, to give to you. And Minister Al's going to read it, and I'm, I'm going to close after this. So it's Revelation, the entirety of 14. I need you to listen very closely. Amen? Amen. Revelation 14, King James Version. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him an hundred Forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder.
And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast in his image. And whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him, that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time is come for thee to reap. The harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Pastor. 
just to expound on that latter part. Do you want to just expound on that? Basically, these are the people's lives. <laughs> and you're saying that the bloodshed is going to be up near the horse, horse's, horse's brow. brow. And in the, um, it's going to be in the Valley of Megiddo. And as y'all know, we taught on Tuesday, and we talked about what it really means that when judgment comes to the house of God first, he's going to take care of the world. You don't got to worry about that. What we need to be concerned about is us. Because there's a scripture that says, depart from me. I never knew you. Hold on. They said, hold on. Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we prophesy? In your, in your name, he said, depart from me. I never knew you. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to his church. So you do have to realize what's really going on. And this is the time that we're in right now when it is the purging. He ha he's made it very clear how to worship him, what to use to worship him. See, this is why we, we get a lot of flat because when they see this, And they have no understanding of, of, of the unity of what you see right here of his great harvest and the symbol of the fish. And, and they, they, people get, uh, uh, Christians get offended. Oh, you Jewish, ain't you? Because you become, a, you become a spiritual Hebrew. That's right, that's right. So you don't know. But, but, but you'll wear the cross, but you, you're not even bearing that. You're not even bearing your cross. So why are you offended by this? So it's real easy. It's not hard to keep his feast. First, know what they are, how se all seven of them. But if you don't go to a place that actually observe and teach on and recognize, it's easy to fall. It's easy for the wolves to come in. And he said, it's another scripture in Ezekiel. He said, I will. He said, I will, since you won't take care, he's talking to the pastors. Since you will fleece my sheep, he said, I'm going to come down. And I'm going to take care of them. Look around Ezekiel 43. It's, this is so important and a timely message. This message was revelatory in, in the house of God of what's really, really going down prophecy-wise. This, this thing right here, we got we to gotta push this because there's so many of us that are, are misled. And, and, and I love what you said. We, we can't even identify where we are. Because we never stop in our journey to say, it's this Christ, Christ church that he has made. Not that man has made, but is this Christ church. So this is a question that you need to really ensure that you are part of Christ church. That you're walking in truth. That you're not walking in error mixed with this and mixed with that and things of the world and paganism and all these type things. So are we that hard. an end time ministry? So are we an end time ministry? Will we be able to stand? Because he says, I'm coming. And this has been my, this is the message that he has given me. And I was grieving because I was like, I don't know what else to teach your people. This type of people, this type of people that say that they are called by your name, but they don't obey you. 
They don't love your word. How do you teach to that type of people? He says, I will have a conversation with them. This is the conversation that he has had with you. Take heed to the conversation that your father has said to you today. Amen. Amen. Before I know we're to go, but, but Mel, teacher, we were, we were at Discuss, and this is us. We were talking, and um, I only knew, I didn't know what she was going to teach, but she had a conversation with me, and we wanted to find out. And, and it's a hard thing to examine. We want to examine ourselves and say, are we teaching? That's right. See, 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 ain't no pastor want to tell you that. No, we want to make sure that we are teaching the whole counsel of God. Amen. From the resurrection to the blood, everything in between. Are we, we want to make sure that we are teaching the right thing. Am I, am I telling y'all as a pastor, am I teaching y'all what you shouldn't be doing? Some of it's hard. I mean, if we say we love God, we should know what he loves, right? I, I just want to know, is Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's Day. I want to know. I want to know. Are those the things that he told us to be attentive to in his word? All we do is mix it. And you hear that scripture. And in that vial, he said that was not mixed. And this is what we end up doing is mixing the world into this and present it to God. This is God. Everything we do has something or intent with the world. We have a conference in February. It's, the, it's Valentine's Day. Are y'all serious? See, and then what we never do is never go to the origin of things, the true origin. Because there's a false origin. There's some false knowledge. There's a, but there's a true knowledge of everything that we do. And, we, and this, is how we, this is how we get suckered in. It's a very critical time, Pastor. And it's a line being divided. Hear me, it's a very critical time in your life to really evaluate what I'm hearing. That's right. Because I didn't see verbatim that scripture which says in Matthew, I believe it was 16, was saying that God said, God said I God. have built my church. He said he built his, his church, not man. And so it has evolved now men church what they have built and you have to really start to evaluate yourself and purge any doctrine of men out of you because that's not inside of God's yeah. church yeah. be sure where you're going where you visit and all these different things I need to because it is a matter of life or death it's not about the facility it's about being a part of God's church are you part of God's true church that he has built and the Holy Spirit brings the increase. Amen.